For those of you who are note takers, who have your note taking booklet today, we are in the third message of our five message series called This I Believe. And today's message is Why Jesus Came. A good bit of what we're going to talk about today, we have also talked about over the last few weeks, so some of it will be repeated, uh, but that's okay, because it doesn't hurt for us to be reminded of the same things once in a while, and I hope that you uh, get some benefit out of being reminded of, of some of the, the same stuff, because it's very, very important. When I was 12 years old, we moved from the big city of Hegerman, New Mexico, uh, which is 25 miles directly south of the much larger city of Roswell. And, uh, and we moved from there to Gallup. In Hegerman, we had finally gotten our television. We got a television, and, and we got one channel in Hegerman. It didn't come on till 3.30 in the afternoon, and uh, we enjoyed watching. I mean, we had the television schedule memorized in those days. Y'all remember that? You, you knew exactly what was going to come on at what time and so on. But we moved to Gallup, and man, increase exponentially because in Gallup, we got three channels. And all of them were the Albuquerque channels. Channel 4, Channel 7, and Channel 13. We got them all, man. Life was good. And one of the advertisers, the local advertisers on the, all three channels, as I recall, was a, a business that I still see here in Northeast Albuquerque, Doc Holliday's Hawk Shop. Remember that? Doc Holliday's Westerns were a big deal back then. And so that one always grabbed my attention, Doc Holliday's Hawk Shop. So I asked Papa one day, I said, Pop, what is a hawk shop? And Papa said, well, son, a hawk shop is a place where you can go get some money for something, and then later on you go and redeem it. Ah, y'all know where I'm going, right? He said, you can go and pay, some, pay a fee to redeem whatever you got the money for. So let's say you had a watch. And you could take that watch to the Doc Holliday's Hawk Shop, and let's say he gave you $5 for the watch. Well, at some point, you could go back and pay $5.50, 10% increase, and get back your watch. That was called redeeming. Ah. Jesus came to pay the price to redeem people. From the devil's hawk shop. He came to pay the penalty, the fee to redeem people. The difference between a watch and people is the watch doesn't have to agree to it. People have to want to be redeemed. And that's why Jesus came. 1 John 4, 14 says, The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. So why did Jesus come? He came to be the Savior of the world to redeem us. So we can have our closing prayer and go home now, right?
wrong because I got a lot more to say. He came to save us. When I was interim pastor at Centerville Baptist Church in Northern Virginia, back around, well, I, I was there when 9-11 happened, so that's, that's how long ago it was. Um, Prince William County, some of y'all may know that, that area, has some beautiful country and winding paved roads that go back through the, through the countryside. And one of the members of our church, a lady, was driving her car behind another car through there. And there are lots and lots of white-tailed deer out there. Every year, a lot of deer uh, right there on Quantico Marine Corps Base. Every year, like 60 deer get hit and killed on the base. So they're just, they're all over the place. And while she was driving, she was following the car in front of her too closely, but they were making a pretty good clip around one of those curving highways. And all of a sudden, the car in front of her hit a deer. The deer went over that car and went through her windshield and landed upside down in the back seat and kicked her to death. What are the chances of that happening? It's never, that's never going to happen, but it did. You see, Jesus came to earth to get us ready for stuff like that, to get us ready to meet him whether it's through a strange accident. My next door neighbor died this week. She was in her early 60s. It was just, it wasn't really expected. She just died this week. What a sweet lady. To get us ready for whether it's young or whether we live to be 100, Jesus came to get us ready for that time when we're going to meet him face to face. That's why Jesus came, to redeem us, to get us ready. Now, let's talk about things we know about Jesus Christ. We have established that the Bible is our, uh, our source of authority. We said that in the first week. We've established that there is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about God the Son. We're going to go back and spend some time on him. And again, I say some of this we have gone over before, but it doesn't hurt to repeat it. Things we know about Christ based on our biblical authority. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. How in the world can you be 100% two different things? I don't know, but God does. See, this is God arithmetic. God can do anything he wants to. And when we get to heaven, we'll understand it perfectly. We don't right now. But God, see, when God is 100% man, he's tempted just as you and I are. But when he's 100% God, he doesn't give in to the temptation. He's able to redeem us because he has no sins of his own. Based on the Bible, we know about his ministry. We know about his miracles. And we know about his teaching, particularly reading through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can learn all about what Jesus did in his wonderful ministry. We know that he was rejected by his own religious leaders and the people of his time. It was prophesied in Isaiah 53.3. This is what that verse says. He was despised and rejected 
by men. This was written 700 years before Christ, by the way. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. We know that he agonized over a lost world. You remember, there are a number of occasions, but the one that automatically pops to mind, which we have coming up next month, is the, the uh, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Just before Jesus went triumphantly into Jerusalem, he looked over the city of Jerusalem and he wept. And he said, oh, my goodness, you people. You have such an opportunity here. If you just paid attention, I'm here. You're just not paying attention. And he wept over the city. He weeps over a lost world that refuses to accept him. That's the Jesus that we see in the Bible, agonizing over a lost world. We know that he died a criminal's death. He had done nothing wrong. Even Pilate said that. He didn't do anything wrong. But he was hung up on a cross like a criminal. And not only that, but they did extra stuff to him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They stuck a sign over him to belittle him. They stuck a spear in his side. Jesus didn't deserve that. He was no criminal. But they did that. But he came back to life. He came back to life showing three things. Three things he, that he showed when he came back to life. Number one, he showed that God accepted his sacrifice, his redemption, his sacrifice for us. God accepted it. If God had not accepted Christ's death as a sacrifice for us, he would have just let him stay dead. But God brought him back to life, showing that he accepted our, his sacrifice for us. It showed that his power gave, gave, uh, will give life to those who believe in him. God can bring back to life. We have eternal life, just as Jesus did and does. And third, we also will receive resurrected bodies. This is one of the things I think is so neat. Jesus, when he came back to life, he had a special body. Now, he had the scars because we know that Thomas wanted to see the, the scars and Jesus showed them to Thomas. So he had the scars there. And I don't know if he just came up with the scars just to show Thomas or if he always had them. But he, could, he had that special body. He could be in a room without opening the door. Is that going to be cool or what? We're going to have a special body, a glorified body. I, somebody told me one time that it's going to be 18 years old because that's when you felt the best. I don't know about all that. I think it doesn't have any age. I just think you're just going to have this, this perfect glorified body. That's one of the things that we see here in Jesus coming back to life. We know... Also, he went bodily to heaven where he now sits on the right hand of God. There were a bunch of people standing there watching him when he went into heaven bodily with his glorified body. We know that he did that. We know that he will return literally, 
visibly and physically. He will return. Now, John 14, 3 says, I will come back and take you with me that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said himself that he will do that. The Bible teaches that that will happen. I don't get hung up on the details. I think studying prophecy is interesting and I think it's great, but it is not in my in my belief, it is not a test of faith whether you are a pre-tribulation premillennialist or a mid-tribulation premillennialist or a, any of you know, I think it's interesting to look at the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and Zechariah and the other Matthew, the other books that talk about the second coming of Christ and try to figure out what's going to happen next and what the linear. That's interesting. But I'm not on the time and place committee. I'm on the preparation committee. You know, let's just get people ready for whenever Christ is going to return. He will literally, visibly, and physically return. That's pretty good stuff. And so we know that Christ will return, and we need to get ready for when that happens. We know that Christ's sole purpose in coming was, as I said, the redemption of mankind. The definition of redemption means restored to full ownership. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The ownership was broken because of our sin. Jesus came to redeem us by forgiving our sin. But as I said about the hawk shop, you got to want to be redeemed. And we'll talk about that some more in just a minute. The Bible teaches us that we are saved by God's grace alone. Grace means unmerited favor. Unmerited means we don't deserve it. We get better than we deserve. We are saved by God's grace alone, nothing else. We are not saved by doing good. You may hear me say that again. You've heard me say it before. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. We're not saved by doing good. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, 4, by grace are you saved through faith, by grace, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You're not saved through baptism. And we're going to talk about that next week when we talk about the church. Baptism doesn't save you. We're not saved through taking the Lord's Supper, through communion. Communion doesn't save you. We'll talk about that next week. And we will, by the way, take the Lord's Supper next week. It's not going to save you. It's going to remind you of what Jesus did for you. You're not saved by some church tradition. For example, an act of absolution for so-called mortal sins. Every sin is a mortal sin. The scripture says one sin 
doesn't say it exactly like this, but one sin cannot get into God's heaven. Every sin is black. So that sin can't get into heaven. It all has to be paid for. If, if a sin can't get into heaven and it hadn't been paid for, then that's a mortal sin, right? All right. Now let's examine the four elements of how redemption occurs. Four elements. We're getting into some theology here now. People pay thousands of dollars for this theology course that you're getting for nothing right here. <laughs> I'll stand at that door. You can pay me on the way out. <laughs> Number one, regeneration. This is how redemption occurs. The first step is regeneration. Regeneration means you get made all over again. Obviously, you know what that word means. Re being regenerated, being born again. You ever heard that? You're born again. Uh, without this first step on our part, which is a conscious decision that we make, there can be no redemption. Let's look at God's plan for our salvation. Now, I showed you this bridge illustration a few weeks ago, and I'm going to show it to you again now. The bridge illustration. 1 John 4, 16, we rely on God, on the love that God has for us. The, the love God has for us, God created us to love him and to be with him. That's how, that's how God created us, to be with him. But understand that our sin has separated us from him. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin separates us. There's room in the back of your booklet if you want to copy down this, this sketch for you to use when you're talking to your family or friends about how to come to know Christ. Sin separates us from him. And then you need to know that the penalty for sin is eternal death. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Hell for all eternity. Another passage of scripture that talks about hell is Matthew 23.33. If you die... With sin separating you from God, you go to hell, folks. That's what the Bible says. That's a hard thing to say, but it's what the Bible says. If you die, you see the illustration. If you die separated from God, that's the only place there is to go, to a place that God prepared for the devil and his angels. And then you recognize that God sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus creates a bridge between where we are and where God is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Another passage is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That was Romans 5, 8. So Jesus came and became a bridge between where we are and where God is. So 
Repent of your sin, accept Jesus' death as payment for your sin, and invite him to be your Savior and Lord. Again, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, believing, you cross that bridge, believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You got it then. Acts 16.31. That's where Paul the Apostle said to the jailer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16.31. Believe. So, you see the bridge illustration now. And the bridge illustration is a great way of explaining to somebody and understanding yourself how you can come to have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and be with God for all eternity. Whether you die today or whether you die when you're 100 years old, you can be assured of your salvation. But remember, you cannot be good enough. You can't jump by your own power from where you are to where God is. You have to accept Christ as, your, as the payment for your sin. You can jump and jump and jump, but you're going to end up in hell if you do it on your own power. It comes through Jesus Christ, the bridge from where you are to where God is. Got that? Yeah, but my, you know, I'm a good guy. I, you know, I do good stuff for my neighbors. I'm, I'm really pretty good. Well, yeah, I've, you know, I think some unhealthy thoughts once in a while, but who doesn't? <laughs> God will surely understand that. That's not going to get into heaven. Your sin must be forgiven through the power and the blood of the one Redeemer, Jesus Christ. So the result of generation, that's regeneration, and I won't take as much time on the others, but regeneration. The next one is Justification. Just the, that's the next theological word, justification. So when you get regenerated, you become perfectly clean of sin. You are cleaned up. It is, you're justified just as if I'd uh, never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. You are justified. You are cleaned. The old hymn says, whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow, Lord, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. You're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ completely. The next word is sanctification. We had regeneration, we had justification, and now sanctification. Sanctification really literally means set apart or made holy. You're set apart to carry out God's divine purposes in your life. This is the lifelong process of growth that each one of us has a responsibility to do when Christ saves us. We need to grow. We become better saints 
to use this, a similar word to sanctification. Better saints is because God has a plan for our lives and he wants us to fulfill that plan. And so we give ourselves to God and we listen to what the Holy Spirit says to us and we move forward as his children to be better saints for him. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is a verse that you might write down there. I'll not read it to you. But God making us into the kind of saints he wants us to be. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And then the fourth word is glorification. Glorification. The word glory is talking about heaven. Glory means heavenly. Glorification refers to our ultimate inheritance as children of the king. Romans 8.30, the experience of perfect joy in God's presence forever. A lot of people look at glorification as what happens at the rapture. Uh, that when Christ comes back to take us with him, then that's glorification. I like to tie glorification in with what happens when we die. Because I believe that the moment we leave this old clay body that we are in the presence of Almighty God forever. Who was I talking to just within the last week or so? Somebody told me that they were watching, they were at the bedside watching somebody who was in such pain that just had a, a, a grimace on their face. And just as they took their, just, just before they took their last couple of breaths, they just got a wonderful look on their face. Like they saw something that was just glorious. Well, I don't know how much you put into that. But I think that when we, I think sometimes you do see something there that, that we don't all see. But I think that the moment we leave these old worn out bodies, that we are suddenly in the presence of Almighty God. And I like to think of that as glorification. Now, I think the rapture will happen and there's more glorification coming on. But I think glorification is spending all eternity in the presence of Almighty God. So, regeneration through faith in God's grace. Repenting of our sin and accepting Christ as our Savior. Justification. Washed clean by Jesus. Just as if I'd never sinned. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Sanctification. Made holy. Set apart for God's purposes. And glorification. Eternity in God's wonderful heaven. No pain. No sorrow. No sadness, joy forever. Bible-based logic. How can I lose my salvation? Or can I lose my salvation? We've talked about this a couple of times recently, and here we go again. This is so important. No, you can't. Check the no box if you're taking notes. No, you can't. Some Bible-based logic. Logic. And then we'll come to Scripture in just a minute. We were born again. When we were regenerated, you were born. When you were born, you had certain DNA. You can't decide that you don't like your DNA and change it, right? When you were born into God's family, you had spiritual DNA come to be a part of your life. You can't decide, well, I want to change my DNA. No, the Holy Spirit has come to live in you. And God has said he will keep you right there. You can't change being born into his family. You can sin. 
though, Christian, and you mess things up. Sin impairs a Christian's joyful fellowship with Christ while here on earth, and it damages our witness. If we know Christ is our Savior, living a sinful lifestyle or just doing stuff that we shouldn't do that, that is a sin against God, it impairs our joyful life with Christ, and it makes us into something that, that destroys our witness. People look at us and say, you claim to be a Christian and you do that? You use that kind of language? You go to those kinds of places? You cheat like that in your business? And you claim to be a Christian? You destroy your witness and you cause other people not to want to be Christians. Because they could say, hey, I'm just as good as you are. And they use that old excuse, that old chestnut. No. Don't do that. But you can sin and destroy your witness and lose your enjoyment of the Christian life. And it is an enjoyable life. But you do not become a non-Christian. God will never let you go. Here's some more logic. God is not relegated to time. We read that a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, and some people get tired using that, but I don't, because I believe that when God saved me, thank you, Lord, because I've messed up a bunch of times. When God, those of you who got my book are aware of the fact that I've messed up a bunch of times, right? Uh, when, I, when I got saved, I was saved in a package. God didn't just save the sins that I have committed. He saved every sin of my life. He saved the sins I have committed and the sins that I will commit. Thank you, Jesus, that you looked ahead and knew what I was going to do. And you said, I love you anyhow. And your sins are all forgiven and covered by my blood. They're all forgiven. Now, it's not fire insurance. It's not so I can stay out of hell. It's because he wants to have this wonderful love relationship with me. Paul, in talking about, shall I sin more so that I can have more grace? He said, God forbid. How silly is that? No, you don't want to do that. But you want to have that love relationship. And all sins are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Because I've done a lot of sinning, but he forgave them all. Now, do I feel bad about the sin? Yeah, because the Holy Spirit's living in me, and he makes me feel rotten. And he says, Joe, you did it again. So then I go back to the feet of Jesus, and I say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. And he says, I know you are. Your sins are forgiven. Come on back into my fellowship, and let's be buddies again. I don't like that. That's, a, that's too familiar. Let's, be, let's be, have our wonderful relationship once again. And we do. We're completely redeemed. The Bible does teach that there will be levels of reward in heaven based on our works. So our works do matter. Here's an example, Revelation twenty two twelve, 12. And you can find other places where it talks about 
do you, you're, you'll be rewarded based on your works. And, but that's talking about the level of reward in heaven. It also teaches that our nature is changed by the Holy Spirit when we're saved. And our desire becomes to serve him. Although we may still give in to temptation, I repeat what I've said before. A person who claims to be a Christian, if you are here today and you're claiming to be a Christian, but you're living a sinful lifestyle and you are either, you claim to be a Christian, but you're living a sinful lifestyle, you are either miserable or you were never saved in the first place. You need to check that out. You need to get yourself right with the Lord. All right? I'm just saying. Get yourself right with the Lord. Matthew 7, 23, Jesus was talking about when certain people die and they stand before the judgment, they're going to say, yeah, but I did all this good stuff in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me into hell. I never knew you. He didn't say, I knew you for a while and you messed up and then I forgot about you. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me. Now some scripture references that support our security in Christ. John 10, 28. He said, I gave them life. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. No one. Some people say, well, I know nobody else can, but I can snatch myself. I can say, okay, God, I don't want you anymore. He says, no one. Am I part of no one? Yes. I can't snatch myself out of the Father's hand. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4 he has given us new birth, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. John 3, 36. Whoever believes on the Son has eternal life. Also John 5, 24, John 3, 16, and numerous others. <clears throat> Romans 8 37 to 39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So why did Jesus come to earth? To die for us. To rise up again. That the world through him might be saved.
says, for me and my house, say it with me, we will serve the Lord. Just go ahead and remain standing. Thank you for your kindness. Can you say you're ready to face him? Can you say you're ready to meet Jesus Christ? He came to redeem you. Are you ready? Have you let Jesus Christ redeem you today? Bow your heads with me, please. If you've never let Christ come into your life, would you do that right now? Remember the bridge illustration? Jesus is the only bridge between where you are and where God is. Would you ask him to come into your life and to be your master? Would you accept him as your savior right now? Dear Jesus, I pray right now that you would move among this congregation and that you would touch lives and that those who need to get their hearts right with you would do that even now as we stand and talk to you and that, Jesus, you would be king and you would be redeemer and all of our lives would be changed. We love you so, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to have counselors standing here for just the next few minutes, just the next couple of minutes. Counselors will be standing here at the front. If you need to make a decision for Christ, I'm going to turn you loose here in just a moment. But if you need to make a decision for Christ, rather than making your way to the back door, please make your way to the front to talk to one of the counselors about the next step you need to take to get your life right with Christ. He loves you so. And these folks here know exactly what to tell you about taking the next step. Would you do that? Would you give your life to him? Or if you're a Christian and you just know that you're just not right and you need to recommit your life to him, these folks will pray with you about what you need to do next. Father, I pray now as we leave this place or as we evaluate our relationship with you that each one of us will be just right before we leave this place today. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.